And I welcome to the evening edition of the Buddy Martin Show. Daily, daily to everybody out there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be joining you here for the next hour and a half or so. You never know how long it might go. This thing uh, has a mind of its own. We're getting ready to go to halftime here on USC Stanford. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today in a crazy, crazy day in college football. Well, I don't know. Has a coach changed or been fired or hired in the last 25 minutes? Possibly. One of the guys who would know is considered to stay up with us for a little bit, and uh, he has to get up in the morning and leave on a flight, 5.30 flight for Atlanta, where his assignment is, of course, to uh, help the broadcast team from CBS deliver the, uh, the championship game between Auburn and Georgia. He's my friend Dave Moulton of uh, Southwest Florida. Fox Sports, the talk show, writes a column in the Fort Niners News Press. Also uh, is Gary Daniels' right-hand man in the booth. And David joins us now. Dave, thanks so much for taking a little time late at night to join us on this program with our all of our Gator fans out there. We have a lot of Gator fans. Well, listen, buddy, anytime we can combine sports and liquid refreshments, I'm in. You got it. We, we do that now we like and then. You, We like you more now. Say hello to Brendan. <laughs> Brendan's my son and my producer, and he's got something he's drinking over here at night. What is it, Brendan? Go- uh, we're enjoying uh, the local flavor of Swamphead Brewery from Gainesville, Florida tonight. It looks like just you are enjoying I'm not enjoying well, much. We'll get your flight in a minute. Yeah, just right. Relax. David, I don't know. This is maybe the craziest week and maybe the craziest day of college football I can ever remember in terms of the turnover of coaches. And I know it must feel kind of strange to you. Of all the things that happened today, what was the wildest? I have an idea. I know what it is. What was the wildest in your opinion? Buddy, I can't believe that there's a day this week that could have been crazier than Sunday. I mean, with what went down on Sunday with the whole Shiano, Tennessee thing, I didn't think anything could happen in a 24-hour period of time, never mind about an eight-hour period of time that could beat it. But today beat it, and that's saying something. I mean, it really is. I saw something right before you called. Trivia question. Who's the most tenured football coach in the state of Florida at this moment in time? I happen to know who the answer to that, but uh, you, you go ahead and tell them. It's really, it'll really catch you. Listen to this, folks. The longest employed a college head coach in Florida, Power Five guy, especially, but in Florida, period. David, tell them who it is. Now think about it. We got seven choices: the Big right. Three, the two along I four, and FAU and FIU. And the winner is Scott Frost of UCF. Scott Frost, who was hired, who was hired three days before mm-hmm. Mark Rick yes. at Miami, and they've both been on the job a little less than two years to the day. That's amazing. It, really is i don't know where to begin I, let's let's begin and i know you have to get to bed and get some rest let's begin in i'm Gaines- good i'm up i'm up now. okay i mean you know you're, yeah you're, let's begin in Gainesville. So let's begin in gainesville let's you're, you're a nocturnal creature we can do this more often i love talking to david because he knows some ball uh he, he he's well informed he likes to argue with me a lot and he's usually yeah. right but um, but but not always. But usually, uh, and and what I what I really find strange is it hasn't only only been like five days ago, six days ago that Gator fans thought the end of the world was coming. Well, they lost out on Chip Kelly. Right now, you know, now you know Chip was not my choice. Dan yeah. was my choice all along. So uh-huh. I was doing the jig on Sunday when I found out that in 
fact, it was going to be Dan Mullen. But, yeah, I mean, think about the up and downs that Gator fans went with through their coaching search. Now then try to imagine what the Tennessee folks have, are going through because they've had about three or four times as many names that have cropped up than, you know, Gator fan went through. So it's it's crazy. But if you're Florida, come on, you Tell me after Monday, if by chance you were a Gator fan and you wanted Chip or you wanted Scott, tell me after Monday was done that you didn't turn around and say, I don't know, I think we got the right guy. Pretty much everybody said that, and everybody goes back to their list, which including me, which my original list I published was that Mullen was 1A. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so, uh, and then I found about Chip, Chip Kelly, and, you know, he moved up the list. Frost was really my one B, and then uh, Charlie Strong was was of course two or three, whatever. But I didn't think ever, really, to be honest with you, that Kelly wanted this job here. I didn't even have his name in the hat, um, and and so then when all this happened, it seemed like everybody got excited about Chip Kelly, as did I. I will say that, and all of my information I had led me to Kelly, and you know that's what led us to the airport, and uh, we found out we were the ones who found out about the flight. New Hampshire, and you know something happened in between there. Nonetheless, uh, Kelly. Luckily, Kelly didn't take the job. He he was he played us for a fool, I think, and uh, he was uh, not an honorable man in the way he did it. But nonetheless, he did it. And boy, I tell you, to come back by Scott Strickland to come up with Dan Mullen after all that. Although Scott Frost, let's be honest, was in between there. Obviously, he had other plans. But it turns out, if you were at the press conference on Monday. I wrote about this in my column today. If you were there and you got, you saw what happened and you saw the feeling among the crowd, even the harshest of most cynical news media guys or journalists, you, you felt in that moment in that room, this is the guy, what were we thinking all along? So you're right. Everybody says, yeah, that's the right one. That's who I wanted. But in your case, I know that was the one. And uh, so you should be very happy. Well, buddy, he gets it. And that's why I wanted him for the games. He knows what the job is all about. He knows what the expectations are, the demands even. And he has just as high standards. He's not in awe of the job. He's not, oh my goodness, I don't know. No. He's like, yeah, tough job, great job, and I'm good enough, and I'm going to do this because I helped do it before, and we're going to do it again. And that's who Florida needed, and they got it. And, you know, do I think Dan's going to have success? Absolutely. At what level? I don't know, because the SEC is starting to get its act together again. You know, we've talked now for a few years, and you brought up the coaching thing for a couple years, that look at who the coaches were just three, five years ago, and now look at who the coaches are. Well, take a look at what's gone on here in the last week. Jimbo Fisher to the SEC, Dan Mullen going from a B job to an A job. You know, I mean, heck, if Tennessee had not sabotaged themselves yet again, I thought Mike Leach would have been a terrific hire. Well, I did too. At, at Tennessee. And, you know, maybe they're smart enough to go back to it. I don't know. But, you know, it seems as if, and Joe Moorhead's one of the hot assistants that was out there. You know, he was a Dan Mullen of 10 years ago. I missed Joe him. Moorhead. Yeah, I didn't know about him until he got hired, but. Uh, here. So, 
you know, I really think that the SEC is kind of getting its act together on which schools have kind of realized here what it is we exactly need and who we are, and they are not sparing any expense, goodness knows, to go get it. I mean, to think that Dan's getting six a year and Jimbo's getting seven and a half fully right. guaranteed for ten years. Yeah, and <clears throat> this, this, that's a whole other story, those those salaries. Let's talk about – let's just shift gears a little bit now. Uh, we, we know that t- if Tennessee gets a good coach, uh, the balance of power may come back a little bit to the east now that you've, Mullen is here and now that Georgia's playing well, et cetera. Yeah, Florida's got Mullen, as I said. But, but the thing is that what's happened in Tallahassee impacts the whole state, impacts Florida's recruiting everything else. Say what you will, obviously they're going to lose recruits at Florida State no matter who comes in. And right now – there's a list of four according to ESPN, but I've found ESPN really hasn't been on top of it in terms of knowing what's going on. But the story I just read said that there were, there were four guys targeted, and one was Willie Taggart, uh, uh, one was uh, was Kevin Sumlin, um, one was Charlie Strong, and they added Justin Fuente, who I happen to like, by the way. Uh, and, and out of that group, if they, if, they, if they get one of those guys, they'll be okay. But is there a super? There's not no superstar hires out there right now for FSU. Well, some believe that Willie Taggart's a recruit. That's superstar. that's true. Yeah, and, that's true. and and I would even argue with you if Florida State gets Taggart, I think they'll end up with a better class than what they would have ended up if Jimbo had stayed and had you know recruited his butt off here down the stretch because. You know, Willie's in line for a top 10 recruiting class in Oregon, and most of those kids to make up that class are coming from the state of Florida. There are an awful lot of people that believe that if Willie ends up going to Tallahassee, that he's going to turn around and take those kids with him because all those Florida kids are going to go, well, why should I go to Oregon when I play my ball in Tallahassee? And if, if that's the case, and then Willie can turn around to the three or four top Knowles recruits and say, what are you leaving for? There's no reason to leave. In fact, he probably has a relationship with all those recruits between one year at Oregon and his time at USF. Willie, I think, is the one guy out there, buddy, who not only could save the Seminoles recruiting class, I think he could make it. Anybody else, I think, will just be kind of, you know, holding on for dear life, trying to get a top 15 or 20 class. I think Willie Taggart could actually deliver a class for the Knowles. A lot of people are talking that way, and I get it. I'm just one of those guys to say, show me. Willie's, Willie's no doubt a terrific coach. He built a really good class and did a good, great job at South Florida, and those were his kids that did so well. And I know he recruited well. Let's just see him in the arena when the chips are down the big game. Let's see what happens, okay? Let, let's see. No, well, there's, well, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, when you're at the Western Kentuckys and the USFs and only one year at Oregon – you know, you haven't been on the big stage. I right. will argue, though, Willie's been in three rebuilding situations now. Western Kentucky was a grease fire. USF was a bigger grease fire. And Oregon was a mess because Mark Helfer had let it go. I will say this about Oregon. If you look closely this year, when they had their quarterback healthy, they were a really good team. Now, when he wasn't healthy, they lost like four in a row. But I, I think Willie is an up-and-coming star. He's, he's, you know, under the hardball tree. Uh, I, I think Florida State can't go wrong if it's Taggart or Fuente. I, I think anybody – it won't be Kevin Sumlin. I'll put that down right now. It's not going to be Kevin Sumlin. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be either Taggart or Fuente. But Taggart, I think, 
it's his job to say no to. Well, again, I always like to refer to that old saying, potential is a French word that means you're not worth a damn yet. You know, that's that old saying. But I know what you're saying. And I remember back when everyone was talking about McIlwain, and we thought McIlwain might be the real deal because he did get him to the championship game, uh, but it turns out he wasn't who he thought he was. Uh, and, and so uh, as a friend of mine who's a, on a staff of a very prominent school, not in Gainesville, who knows uh, McIlwain quite well, said Jim McIlwain didn't know how deep the water was. So there's that. Um, let's reintroduce our one of our favorite guys, David Moulton, from Fox Sports. His talk show, Miller Moulton, is in Southwest Florida on Fox uh, Station down there, and he's a columnist for uh, the Fort Myers News Press. He's he's also a, a, a spotter. Really, more, I hate to use that word spotter because you're more like a associate producer for Danielson. Have been for what ten years, I think, or so. Yeah, uh, this is year tw- year twelve for us. Well, you know, yeah. our first. Our first year was that controversial, you know, should it be Florida or should it be Michigan back in 2006? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Gary jokes, even though he was born and raised in Michigan and played for the Lions, that he right. still can't go back after that because he was the one banging the drum for Florida. Well, well, I know this question will come up because people who are now, we have all our dilly dilly friends on here who are joining us now, 100 strong at the moment. And uh, we, we, I, I know a lot of people misunderstand Gary. Danielson, I, I, I know Gary a little bit. You know Gary really well. You work with him. Uh, I know I know Gary's work um, in television, and I know how hard he strives to be even-handed and goes out of his way to be fair. But there's something about fans in all schools, including the Gators, including many of you out there, who think a guy's biased against his team. I hear it all the time about all the broadcasters, and Gary in particular seems to get his fair share of it. Well, Danielson, he's pulling against us. I know you've heard that, and I know you've oh, had yeah. fans say you. And so tell me how, how you respond to that to people who ask you, and do they say it on your radio station? Because Gary's on your show a lot. Oh, yeah. People have said it, you know, going all the way back. Uh, here's my theory about Gary. Uh, most broadcasters even at the network level are very rarely critical i mean like you can count it i I don't know on three fingers every game how many times they will come out and say something critical about a player or a coach or an official gary probably is critical six to seven percent of the time which doesn't sound like a lot but you know there's roughly 150 plus plays in a game and so all of a sudden he starts figuring that out. And that's 10 or so times a game where Gary is critical. And Gary is a strong broadcaster. What he says, he says with conviction. Well, those criticisms stand out and people remember them. Well, if he's critical 10 or 12 times a game, there's a good chance that five or six of those times it's going to be against someone who's on your team, coach, player, what have you. Fans, while they say they want critical, they don't. Fans can be critical. They want broadcasters to be lapdogs. They want to hear nothing but good things about their team, period. They don't like it when broadcasters say something critical about their team. That's what I've learned over the years. Fans can be critical. Alums can be critical. Broadcasters, 
fans want propaganda from broadcasters. Well, they do. They you, you want got, positive things yeah. only. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. Right, and they're not one of us is what they say. He's not one exactly. of us. And it's and, like, and, and, my, yeah, my, and my family. the other thing. Gary's not from the SEC. He's a Midwestern guy. Right, Big Ten, Purdue. Purdue and, 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 but because of it, okay, well, this is the one thing I wish fans really understood. Gary doesn't care who wins. Gary's the perfect broadcaster. He does not care at all. He does not root for or against any of the 14 teams. He genuinely doesn't care. The only team that I know that Gary roots for a little bit is the Detroit Lions. Because he played for them and he grew yeah. up there and that was his team growing up. That and the Detroit Tigers and the Detroit Red Wings. It's the only teams that I know that Gary cares a little bit about. Otherwise, I can very safely say when folks go, he's against our team, I'm like, yeah, he's not. He's not for them either, but he definitely is not against them. All right, I'm going to give you some of the comments by some of our listeners. Jennifer Lay says, in my opinion, General, General Broadcasters are always negative about the Gators. They never give us the respect we deserve. Your comments about that? Well, I will say this. It is, of all the places that Gary and CBS get criticism from, it shocks me when it comes from the Gator fans. Because, and, you know, maybe I'm overstating this, but I truly believe if it wasn't for Gary and CBS, the Gators don't play for the national title in 2006. He had a big part in that. He's done no, that about he had a very big The part chart, the famous the whole, chart, yeah. The whole ESPN machine mm-hmm. was banging the drum for Michigan. That is true. And, and it was literally only Gary and CBS who said, hey, guys, we need to maybe take a step back and look at this. And they put the comparative schedules of Michigan and Florida up on the screen, gave check marks for quality of wins, and it was pretty clear that Florida had played the much better schedule, had the extra win, was a conference champion, and Gary, you know, said, hey, I'm sorry. Michigan had their shot. Florida deserves theirs. And a lot of people changed their mind the next day when they voted, and Florida ended up getting to play for the national title. And look at what that was a springboard for, not just for Florida, but for the SEC. And so that's why it shocks me when Gary gets criticism that comes from Gainesville. Yeah, I mean, it shocks me because... Yeah, you're absolutely you know, right. You're, you're, you're because absolutely. he literally played a really big role mm-hmm. in getting Florida into a national championship game. Mm-hmm. So how could he not like your team? Yeah, or not your respect. Listen, I was banging the drums then. I wrote about it in my book as well, that the ABC ESPN cartel was trying their best not to get the Gators in there. You know, and that, that was my line exactly. And and Gary came on well, that chart, which I I think I, tried to, I might have screwed it up when I printed the book. But anyway, I printed it in the book, and it made such clear sense. And you're right. Without that chart, Florida may not have got in that game because there was well, no not, committee back in those days. Well, not only would they – I mean, they definitely wouldn't have gotten in the game. And here's how I can prove it. Gary comes on our show, as you mentioned, and he comes on on Mondays. And at the time, we were on in the afternoons. And Gary came on, and he used to come in the studio in those days because he only lives about 10 minutes away. And he sat down at the studio, and it's right before 5 o'clock. And I said to him, I go, did you take a look at this ESPN.com poll? And he goes, no. I go, they're asking people who should play Ohio State for the national championship. This was before the SEC title game. And the choices were Michigan or USC. And Gary said, Florida's not even a choice? I go, no, 
the Gators are not even a choice. Hmm. All right. I mean, that's five days before the game. The Gators, who were number four in the country, were were not even an option, according to ESPN, mm-hmm. to play for the national championship that year. Right. That's, I mean, so I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. if CBS and Gary was the, you know, the leader of the pack there, if, if they don't take the stand that they do, you know, Urban and company are going to the Sugar Bowl, but they're not playing Ohio State in the desert. Ken Ken says I love Gary, but he loves him some Alabama, and I think a lot of people hear that when a team is on well, top. Feinbaum hears it all the time, naturally, uh, yes. and, and of course when a team's that good, they're going to get a lot of love. Well, and, you know, but this is, and I will say this: this is how Gary slash CBS got a lot of criticism during the Tebow days, because when you're doing five six games a year, it's damn near every other week you're doing a Florida game. So the rest of the conference and country is like, oh, for goodness sakes, boy, they love those Gators. Oh, Tebow, 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 Tebow. And so, well, then when Alabama becomes the dominant team, and then you're doing five, six Alabama games a year, and the whole rest of the conference in the country is going, oh, for goodness sakes, Alabama, Nick, 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 roll tide, roll tide. And they get sick of it. I mean, they just get tired of it. And the problem is, Florida didn't lose a whole heck of a lot. Alabama's not losing a whole heck of a lot. Well, what are you going to say about them if not largely positive things? They're really good. So that's and that's how the biases happen. That's how people think, oh, my God, does he love Alabama? Well, they're playing pretty well. It's a lot here to like. We're not you convincing know? many people here. Let me just read you a couple of comments. Alan says, who is this guy kidding? Daniels hates Bama. Mega Dillies. Dilly Dilly is a war cry. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll address the other ones. I'll come back to that. Uh, th- this guy's a friend of mine and yours, someone I have a great respect for and like, who didn't get a fair shake by fans, I don't think. Ross says, Vern Lundquist is always against the Gators. That I know it's not true because I know Vern. Uh, and then here's one you hear a lot, and Steve's a good one of our good callers, our listeners and messengers, and, and this is what you hear. Vern was always drunk. Okay, you're in the press box with Vern. You know you ate two hot dogs for halftime. Was Vern ever drunk in your presence? Oh, God, no. Of course and, he was. I mean, that's really offensive. And, and, it is offensive, and I hear it I all mean, the time. People think it's clever to say that. It's not clever, and it's wrong. Here's a guy who's with him and knows, and I know Vern, and I know he would never do that. But somebody started that myth, Internet myth. You may not like Vern Lundquist. You know, and, and as, let's face it, he lost a half a step in the last few years. We all do when you're a little older. You will too, by the way. Uh, but he, he, he was a classy guy. He went out with grace and style. And, and to say that about Vern is just a shot below the belt, okay? All right, so well, go ahead. One thing, one thing I do want to throw out there just about Vern is, and listen, hey, we, we all have our people who like us and people who don't like us. I get it. And that's natural. But for those that didn't like Vern, I would, you know, it's, oh, we got to get somebody else. And I would say, okay. i go, but uh, you're an SEC fan. Yeah. All right. Well, think about where the SEC was when Vern came into this conference. You guys were the only ones watching this conference. And the whole rest of the country thought you were all buffoons and that their football was better than yours. And quite frankly, Vern Lundquist had more stature as a broadcaster than this conference had as a football conference. Yeah. And, and so Vern brought that stature to, to, for the rest of the country to this conference. 
whether you feel that way about him or not. Yeah. Vern Lundquist, being the voice of the SEC, was really good for the SEC mm-hmm. for outside of the SEC. I mean, until Brad Nessler took over this year, buddy, you know, the two voices of the SEC were Jim Nance and Vern Lundquist. Well, that looks pretty good on paper for the conference, doesn't yeah. it? All right, so let's shift gears here for a second. And, um, again, we'll get some pro and some not pro. Uh, this guy has been hammering this point home. This might be the 15th time he's posted. Milo, I'll say this, you're consistent. I keep hearing this. What's your thoughts on Mullins' 2-15 rank record against the ranked opponents? Should we be concerned? Okay, let's explain Mississippi State, all right? Uh, there are not too many schools I know of who – have or, or undermanned like Mississippi State and scrapped as well as they did. Yeah, they're going to lose to rank opponents. Of course they are, especially when they're playing in the most difficult division in college football. I mean, I mean, you're going to beat Alabama. You're going to beat Auburn. You know, when Arkansas was good, them, LSU. I mean, of course, when you play with her, you're going to have to lose to some ranked opponents. But I'm going to put this to rest now. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to Milo. My, your thoughts about the 2-15 and 15 record against ranked opponents? Well, first off, I thought the record was better than that because just off the top of my head, in 2014 when they beat LSU, A&M, and Auburn in a month's span of time, mm-hmm. I thought all three teams were ranked. Let's look that up. Okay. Well, they beat Florida too, by the way. Remember, I went out in Stark, Starkville. I think Florida was ranked then too, so there's another one. And then this year when they beat LSU – I thought LSU was ranked, but even if it is accurate, I think in all 17 of the games, they were underdogs. All right. In and of itself, number one, number two, I would say, look at it this way. Did Dan Mullen just complete the most successful tenure in the history of Mississippi state football? The answer is yes. So that's why you need to look at it in terms of their world versus your world. I mean, there's a reason Dan had the big smile on his face, and it wasn't the $6 million. It was because he couldn't win a national title in Starkville. He could compete, and he could challenge for 10 win seasons, but he couldn't win a national title there. He can win a national title here. That, that shows the different area codes. So I think you, you can't look at the Mississippi State record from a Florida vantage point. You have to look at the Mississippi State record and try to put yourself in a Mississippi State vantage point. And he just completed the most successful tenure in Bulldog football history. I, I don't know how you can do better than that, quite frankly. I mean, for goodness sakes, he had Mississippi State number one in the country for a month. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say it out loud. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Ball. You're going up to tomorrow. Uh, you'll be in the press box. Uh, and, and and we're going to see a game that most people are seem to be conceding to Auburn. But things could be different, especially with Carrion Johnson being hurt. I understand the point spreads dropped down to one now. Uh, and a game that uh, let's let's face it, Georgia didn't play its best against Auburn. Uh, let, let's let's see what the rematch brings up. I just got a gut feeling about Georgia. Am I wrong? Well, no, you're stealing my thunder because I think they're going to win. I do think Kerryon Johnson's going to play, uh, but he's clearly not a hundred percent. I think we've all seen this game play out, and really, it's 
It's kind of similar to when Florida's been good this decade, buddy, there was a certain way they had to play. They had to play where the game was at least within a score. Didn't have a dynamic passing game. So they got to keep it where it's still defense, special teams, running the football. You know, one key mistake could win or lose the game. Georgia's more along those lines. I think they're better than any Florida team here in the last five or so years. But they're, that's how they have to play. They're not going to come from 10 down probably and beat Auburn. But if they can stay within a score or stay just three or four points ahead of Auburn, they're a really tough team to beat. They really do remind me a lot of Nick's second team, the 2008 Alabama team, in which if you go all the way back, yeah, Florida got them, but they got them in the fourth quarter of the SEC title game where the Gators were just better. And Tebow had to be brilliant in the fourth quarter, brilliant to beat them. And, you know, I think this Georgia team's the same way. They're going to play a really good, solid game because they got the jitters of the big game out of their way three weeks ago in the Plains. They're going to run the ball better. Auburn's not the same team away from the Plains. And it's going to be a good, close game. And in the fourth quarter, Georgia's going to look over at Auburn and say, you're probably a little better than us. So if you can take it from us, it's yours. But you're going to have to take it from us. And the Gators took it from Alabama in 08. Can Auburn take it from Georgia tomorrow? Because I think Georgia's going to put them in a position where Stidham is going to have to come from behind late and win it. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'm going to let you go to bed here after these last two questions. Uh, kind of break down Dan Mullen in terms of what you see him as doing. And we've all fallen in love with this idea. Now, it's one of my friends texted me this afternoon. Danny said, uh, he said, we're four and seven and we're on top of the world. You know, all of a sudden these last couple of days, Gator fans are a lot happier. Uh, but break down Mullen as a coach uh, and what you see and where where you think his weak points might be. Uh, and and let's, let's talk about what realistically we can expect out of this team in the next two years. Well, I, I mean, I really look at the division first off and think, it's a two-team race, and it will be for the foreseeable future. I mean, you know, South Carolina, I think, can only get to a certain level. Uh, Tennessee looks as if they're a long way from getting their act together. So just looking at the divisional alignment alone, if Florida and Georgia have their acts together, you're probably looking at a 10-win season just right there. So I expect 10-win seasons going forward from Dan Mullen. I do. I mean, He's going to make sure that there's, at worst, top 15 recruiting classes. At worst. He's offensively gifted. He's confident. He's a motivator. You know, has he won the big game as a head coach? No. But he hasn't really been. He's been in the situation one time. And the fact that he even put Mississippi State in the situation one time i think speaks as to how gifted he is i like the fact also there's no back down in dan mullen i like that i think certain schools have to have a coach who has a certain personality and i really think that dan's got a little steve in him you know he really does he's got a little bit he's a little bit harsher and edgier sometimes than steve was steve was more in a sarcastic way you know but i i he's got a little spurrier in him might have a lot of spurrier in him it turns out maybe yeah (laughs) and he's a gifted play caller 
And and I think that right away, whether they beat Georgia to win the East next year or not, that how you know if the season ends up being a nine and three season, and you don't quite get to Atlanta, Gator fans are going to go, yeah, but look at us, look at how we looked. We scored points again. We moved the ball again. We're close. You know, that's what I think you're going to get, and you're going to get it right away. I do want to caution Gator fans, though. The guy in Athens is building a monster. All right? For, I mean, if you ever wondered what Georgia football could be if the right guy was in charge, that's what's happening. Well, I just want to let you know, he is building the Alabama of the East. And that is why this hire was absolutely imperative for Florida, because if they didn't get this one right, they were going to be left behind, and they were going to be left behind for a long time. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think maybe Scott Strickland might have pulled one out of the out of the fire on that one. Hey, listen, have a safe trip to Atlanta. I'm sorry, what you got? Well, I just had a couple. I wanted to ask a question. Yeah, Brendan's here. He wants to ask you a question. <clears throat> yeah, gotta, yeah, I know right. you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning and. From, from an old, you know, I was 15 years a slow mo replay guy, so I kind of know, uh, what, what, you know, going down the broadcast what you're up against. But uh, <clears throat> I was going to ask you a question: true or false? Uh, the Gators got better or worse uh, once uh, he uh, Mullen left the first time uh, that next year. I, I, I have, you know, I'll give you my opinion after you answer. But uh, what, what do you think? They got better or worse after Mullen left? Oh, it was clear that got worse. I mean, it was clear right away. I mean, I remember Gator fans, even though the Florida went 12 and 0 that year, complaining about the offense all year. Uh, you know, part of it was, you know, if you go all the way back to the OA championship game, Urban got freaked out a little bit. There was a meeting in preparing for Oklahoma, and Charlie Strong wiped all his blitzes off the board. And Urban said, "What are you doing?" And Charlie said, "Well, they go no huddle." We can't do all these exotic blitz packages when they're doing the no huddle. we got to be pretty basic. And that kind of got Urban thinking, hmm, maybe we should do some no huddle because, you know, it limits what the defense can do. And if you remember in 09, new offensive coordinator, but they were also trying to do things differently, and it just didn't work. First four-plus weeks of the season, the Gators were falling all over themselves. Remember, Lane and Tennessee comes in here, and we think they're going to name the score, and they look not very good and win by 10. And, you know, and midway through the season, Urban kind of junks everything and says, can we just go back to doing what we've been doing? And the offense looked okay, but it never looked like it did in the three years previous. So I think it's obvious if you go back. I mean, look at the 08 Gators and look at the 09 Gators. That's the two different and, teams. And yeah, now, granted, Percy Harvin was on the 08 team and it wasn't on the 09, and that was a big deal. But I thought it was obvious right away that they missed Dan Mullen. Yeah, but he didn't play in the 2008 championship game, SEC. Percy Harvin no, did not didn't. play. Mm-hmm. But, but, if he, but if he didn't play in the 08 national championship yeah, game, no, so no he question. Won either. Yeah, no question. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, the he's best just, player on the field. I was talking a lot in the message boards and on the groups, that, you know, with a lot of these people. And, you know, there's a lot of that discussion. It's like, well, you know, how how important was he to, to you know, the Gators' success? I said, well, you know, if you did you see that offense? <laughs> did you see that quarterback play? Did you see a couple of national championships? I, I just had a few arguments today with people, with, which I think I don't understand. What an excellent offensive-minded guy you got here in Dan Mullen. Yes, and also, you know, which I think is important. Head coaches have to have, 
not just a plan. Everybody has a plan. They have to have a doable plan. You know, Dan's plan at Mississippi State is not necessarily going to be Dan's plan at Florida. Dan's plan at Mississippi State was to do the long game. I got to go get two and three stars, and we got to develop them and coach them up. And I'm going to have guys play four and five years here. Not a lot of guys are going pro early from Mississippi State. That's not going to be the game he's playing in Florida. All right? It's going to be a different talent level. It's going to be maybe I can only count on these guys for three years in some cases. And, and Dan knows that going in because, well, he was a part of that once before. So, I, And also, I could see why you're getting some grief on the message boards because also you could see where a fan would go, well, we were 12-0 in 2009. Right. How, much did we, how much did we miss Dan Mullen? Well, sometimes you kind of have to look beneath the surface a little bit. Well, they struggle offensively quite a few times. Well, look at the last time like they played Alabama. You know, just... uh, I, I, I want to go back to a Kibo comment and I'll let you go. Uh, he, he made this comment apparently to Scott Strickland, uh, according to Strickland, uh, that he, he asked him what kind of coach they should get. And, and, and I believe that the quote was, a, a, a guy with a sense of calm and a steady hand. And that may not sound like much, but if you apply that to the coaches we've had here the last few years, with the exception of Urban, who was a nervous wreck all the time, but he was always there grinding, is that Mullen has a steady hand. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't mind standing up to his boss. He thinks he's right. He believes in it. He will do what he thinks is right. And he didn't – and, and he, he, he never backs down, like you said. So I like that about Mullen. He may not have all the bells and whistles you might expense, but someone said the other day, when you go back and look at the four classic plays – that Florida lived off of, all of them were mullets, including the jet sweep and the jump pass and what have you. So uh, he did, and also little few people know this, he was a co-architect of the spread offense, spread option, because he and Urban and somebody else went down to Louisville and met and talked with Scott Linehan, and that's when they invented that offense. So he's, he goes way back in the DNA of, of winning football. Well, yeah, he goes all the way back to the success at Utah. I and mean, Bowling Green. You know, yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, and the other thing, if you're a Gator fan, there is one part that I think we're all going to see for the first time. You know, Dan hasn't endured a ton of criticism in his career, if you think about it. True. First off, because he was the offensive coordinator under Urban, so whatever slings mm -hmm. and arrows came, they came to Urban. But right. then also, I mean, we just said he, he was the architect of the greatest – period of time in Mississippi State football history. So how much grief is he really getting? Right. He's going to get grief here. He's going to get criticized here. He is. But, you know, a 2-3 game losing streak in Gainesville is a very different 2-3 game losing streak than Starkville. And so we will see, you know, Dan's going to have to handle that because at some point it's going to happen. And it's going to be a little different heat than what he's ever had before. That's the only part of this job that I think will be quote-unquote new. But Dan's skin is so thick that, you know, I think he can handle it. He won't like it, I don't think, but I think he can handle it. Well, what's one of the reasons that I felt like he was a good fit? I felt like, you know, he's the kind of guy that really doesn't care what you think. And I said that from the beginning when we were talking about who would be a good fit at Florida. And I said, you need a guy that really doesn't give a rip. You know, someone that's going to come in here and say, this is what we're doing. This is how I'm going to do it. And I love Gator Nation, but at the same time, I can't listen to and make everybody happy. i got to do things my way. And I think you needed that bigger-than-life personality come in here and that kind of swagger uh, to, to, you know, to take on this 
really difficult nine-year drought that's been experienced up there in the Ville. Well, you know, I mean, Dan all but said these words. He said them differently. But, you know, when he was to, had the anecdote in which he basically said, hey, I think I'm right a lot of the time. You know, and that is true. I mean, you know, Dan does think he's the smartest guy in the room a lot. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. And when you're and if you look at who the successful college football coaches are, the really successful ones, yeah, they they all kind of think they're right. And they usually are. And it's, you know, you need a healthy dose of arrogance, a healthy dose. You don't want it to be all-consuming. Like, I think what just went down in Tallahassee at the end of the day was an awful lot of arrogance run amok. You don't want it that much arrogance. But, you know, Jimbo had a healthy dose of cockiness, arrogance to have the success that he had at Florida State. And it's not only not a bad thing, I think it's needed to win at the highest levels of sport. Jimbo may have overplayed his hand just a little bit, but he knew you he think? had he, he had it, but he had it in his back pocket and, and it's to me it's like I'm gonna either do I've got this job, I'm gonna ask for the moon. If they don't give it to him, I'm gonna leave. And he so he had no he had uh, and seven point five a year uh it, for ten years is not a really bad contract. So I think it was a big booster who pulled out and said, I'm not giving you the money for the new facility. That's just a guess on my part. And Jimbo was demanding it. But coaches shouldn't be allowed to be the person who gets to say who gets the new facility. That job belongs to the AD. Well, I thought it was pretty clearly stated that, you know, Florida State was giving Jimbo everything he wanted. They maybe just weren't giving it to him today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It might actually have to be just a little further down the road. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use that as the wedge to leave, well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we wish you all the best, but we're moving on at this point. Yeah. And that's that's the point that it got to. Well said, and thank you very much. Speaking of moving on, have a great trip tomorrow. And we'll be watching, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for your expertise and your great conversation. Good job, Dave. Hey, send me some of that beverage. You, you know, got I'll it, buddy. Go. Next time you're in, we got a glass for you. All right, Dave. All right, thank you deal. very much. Travel safe. There are just some people you like talking ball with. You know, it wouldn't matter whether you were – Doing it over a beer without a microphone. Uh, Dave's one of my favorites. Well, and he's, he's arbitrary. Now, he'll get after you sometimes. I like that there, man. Well, what you got of, there? Speaking of beer this evening, uh, we well, are... What are we got in? What are you having tonight? Tonight, we're, uh, we're, we're having a local brew from uh, Swamp Head Brewery up in Gainesville. Oh, that's Big Nose. Yeah, we're going to have their Big Nose yeah. in, uh, <clears throat> uh, India Pale Ale. Which one of my favorites, uh, and we're... Well, they're our sponsor. I've been, I've been, not yet. Uh, have they paid us anything for no, this? Not yet, but they are going to pay. They I'm, are? I'm, well, I'm putting it out there. Okay. If anyone knows, I do pour my beer with a, a little bit more head than most. I like to release the CO2. Yeah, I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of that. I like to, read, I like to release the, the CO2 so like it's not so bloating. Bottle. I like a bottle myself, but uh, this is That's not how we do now. The cans are the new thing. So, anyway. I have a lot of water here. Why don't you clear your, clean your palate? You see, I poured just enough head on the top there to, you know, really bring out the flavor for you and the pale mm-hmm. and, the, and the beer. I'm serving it cold in a glass. Here you are. It's so, cold, right? Yeah, it's very cold. And uh, mm-hmm. go ahead and cheers. Here's to you, my son. Here's dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Here's to you. Big nose. Mm. To a big nose. Fits me well. Yeah. Well, me too. Very refreshing. 
actually has a pretty good for an ale, right. which has a bite usually. It's a tastes pale pretty ale. good. Yeah. It's a pale ale, basically. Bite usually. Oh, ale. It's pretty good. Pretty. pretty good. Yeah, it has a. It has a. It doesn't have the bite that, that most ale has. Little, little smoother than most pale yeah. ales. Not then, so bitter. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad used to drink ale. Mm. I never liked it. I like ale, but then you always say I channel your dad a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cheers. Very good. You're just liking. If anybody knows any people up there at this uh, beautiful brewery, let us know. We'd love to have him as a sponsor. Here's to you. Here's to you. Um, Why don't you read some messages? Well, before we do that, I wanted to. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna drift into a, a, a topic that came up to, with a group of group of people on a private message that I was going at today, and it's a sensitive topic. But I want you to kind of talk about it. I want your opinion on it. <clears throat> I know this is going to ruffle maybe a few feathers, but it's just something that has come up quite a bit with the coaching change and all this stuff because, you know, a lot of people uh, around these parts and beyond have some very ill will feeling towards one Urban Meyer and how he left the program. And a lot of people say they know or they have insider information or they have this person or that person and they know that why Urban left to go to Ohio State, that he left the program, he didn't care, he just he was going to stay, pulled a, a bait and switch, a lot of negative comments around that. So I just wanted you to you know tell me your story. Now I've agreed to disagree with people, which I'm okay with, but I just you know for for you know wrapping up my topic tonight, I would like you to address what your side of the story is. Uh, to those who know you who, about this book right here, which is in this book, but and those of you who don't know, Buddy did uh, uh, bi- write the biography for Urban's Way, and uh, he had a little insight on this. So, so tell me, tell me your s- version of why Urban Ma- Urban Meyer left the University of Florida. Well, first of all, it's it's a futile argument. I, I've learned that it's it's there's no sense in even arguing it. I've lost friends about this. And there are certain perceptions that fans have that no matter what you show them and what you say, they're not going to change their mind. We've dealt with a couple tonight. One of them is that all broadcasters don't like the Gators. And no matter what you say, some fans are always going to believe that because that is their perception. It's just like politics. Some people like this party or that party. They think the other party's wrong. It's just their perception. Now, perceptions are not to be sneezed at. Perceptions move the stock market. What makes the stock market go up or down is a state of mind. But in terms of Urban, I should recuse myself because Urban still is a friend of mine. Uh, He made some mistakes, which is acknowledged. Uh, He is, uh, in many ways, one of the best men I know. Uh, And there are some people who are just never going to forgive him because in their mind, they think he set them up and played them. In some ways, they want to equate Chip Kelly with Urban Meyer as if they're the same. Hello? Chip Kelly stuck it up our rear ends, just to use that phrase, and walked away. Urban Meyer, off. Yeah. Urban Meyer was, came here, gave it all he had to the point of where his health got a hold of him, and I don't care what you said, I know for a fact he had he, he really, really was a sick man at one point in time and won two championships, national championships, and left, and you thought he betrayed the entire Gator Nation. 
I've had good friends who have argued to a point where we don't even talk anymore. One of them just befriend, just didn't befriend me anymore. Just said, I'm done with you. I can't talk. So it's it's a subject I don't particularly care talking about. I know you don't. And I'm not trying to put you I'm under not the going microscope. to change their minds. They're going to think of an Urban Meyer as a traitor, the ones that do. The ones who don't understand and appreciate what Meyer Urban did here. It's hard to top Steve Spurrier. This guy back here is a great friend of mine for a long time. Uh, his record is obviously impeccable. What he did, he was the first one to win the championship. It's like your first girlfriend, I guess, your first kiss. And you know, he, he's a, an amazing person still today. And Laurel Zagina, but he did coach someplace else, South Carolina. Just so, just so you remember that. Um, and and so, no matter what happens, Steve Spurrier will always be the king of the swamp. Um, Urban, um, Urban will be remembered fondly by some and, and detested by others. But isn't it ironic that his disciple, the guy that coached his offense and helped invent his offense, went away and came back and now is the head coach of the Florida Gators. Now, I was thinking about this today. If you want to go back, if you like history, you want to go back and think about the Gator coaches who've been here, they all come from different trees. How many of you out there heard of Bob Woodruff? Probably nobody. Bob Woodruff was coach of the Gators in the 1950s. He played for General Robert Nealon at Tennessee. So there's a Tennessee disciple. There's a Nealon disciple. All right? It's funny how these things play out. He was fired for lack of offense because he was too conservative and brought in a guy from Georgia Tech, a defensive coordinator named Ray Graves, who, by the way, also played at Tennessee and also played for General Nealon. So it isn't funny. Another Tennessee connection. Well, while he was there at Florida, Ray Graves' brother in Tennessee discovered a guy at Science Hill named Steve Spurrier. It was because his brother Evan Graves, that Ray Graves, found Steve Spurrier and brought him. And what would have happened to the University of Florida if that had never taken place? So that's a key thing. Ray Graves was here 10 years. And Ray Graves had the best team ever uh, in Florida history in 1969. 9-1-1 record, Carlos Alvarez, John Reeves. Is that the picture? Absolutely. Back that's there. the picture or, up there? Or, 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 is Alvarez? it one of Carlos catching the ball? Yeah. That's Carlos, one of my all-time favorite get, players. I'll get it down. One of all-time favorite players. So and he, was, he was forced out at the end of the season because he made a deal. So now comes Doug Dickey, who not only – was from Tennessee where he coached SEC championship teams. But as a, Doug Dickey was a former Gator quarterback. Played high school at P.K. Young. Basically a walk-in for Florida. Another Tennessee slash Florida. Wow. All right, now I'm giving the rest of the lineup. Dickey came in, took over an offensive an offense and drove it to the ground. And unfortunately tried to play, make it a running style offense. And it was a passing Offense with Carlos and John. We all, Gator, older Gator fans know that. He was here, what, nine years, whatever it was. And so they had enough of him, and he got fired. And Steve Spurrier was on that staff as a coach. He got fired at the same time. And they brought in a guy named Charlie Pell. All right, this time from Alabama, the Bear Bryant tree. Charlie Pell comes in, comes in and does a heck of a job of building facilities. No matter what people say about Charlie and the problems he had with the NCAA, 
Charlie was one of the most important people in Florida football history. If you don't believe me, ask Jeremy Foley because he changed the facilities and did a great job, except he cheated. And he got caught. And he got fired. And Galen Hall, who now is a new tree, Joe Paterno, played for Paterno at Penn State, takes over and has a terrific team with talent and does quite well. Actually won a number one ranking by New York Times one year. And they couldn't keep it because they got put on probation. And Galen Hall, in 1989, was fired. And Steve Spurrier came in. Again, the Florida-Tennessee tree. You know the rest of the history. Steve Spurrier coached for 12 years there. He stayed. He walked away on his own. In came Ron Zook. Stayed four. Didn't ever turn it around. He was a defensive coordinator. Ron Zook, of course, was a former Gator uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, Ron Zook came and left. And we thought Spurrier might come back, but instead they hired a guy named Urban Meyer. Another tree comes in. Woody Hayes, Ohio State, from the Woody Hayes tree. Urban Meyer brings the national championships here. He stays six years, wins two. Then he leaves, first of all, in health to go to work for ESPN, then Ohio State. And then finally, we know the rest of the story, Will Muschamp, Georgia, the, uh, the, the uh, Vince Dooley tree. Comes in and stays, what was it, five years? Doesn't get it done. The offense stinks. Uh, he gets fired, and then comes Jim McElwain again for the Nick Saban tree, Alabama. So you have another one. And finally now, Dan Mullen, who's back from the Urban Meyer trees. So there's all your history. But each person had their own... Their own. I'm bowing down to the knowledge. The kingdom is bowing down to your knowledge. It probably... probably The knowledge is deep with you, sir. It probably bored everybody. There's a book out there called, by the way, also uh, The Boys of Old Florida, which has all of it in it. So so to answer your question, Urban Meyer, I think he's he's gone through a transition. I think he he made some mistakes. He should never have come back once he quit. He was sick. He wasn't plotting. I know that for a fact. But in my mind, he's been disrespected by a lot of people. And that's what hurts me is to see a man who's a good man who brought you glory to be disrespected. That's it. You're welcome to your opinion. That's mine. Well, that's great. Thanks for bring, uh, clearing that up tonight. Uh, well, now it's our time. We're going to kind of get into the chat room a little bit. Let's move this really fancy disco ball. Careful, that's expensive. It's a mirror ball. you got to be careful expensive with that. I barred it from dancing with the stars. I know. Uh, we're going to get into the chat. If you got any questions, uh, comments in the chat, by the way, cheers, salute. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly, everybody. Swamp, what's it called? Swamp, Swamp Head. Head. Well, that's the name of the brewery. Brewery, and it's we're drinking big nose. Big tonight. nose, just like this right here. Like this too. It's my DNA too. Yeah. Which reminds you, I'm Brendan Martin. He's Buddy Martin. Yes, that is my father. No, I'm not a child. I'm 43 years old. 44 soon. And I'm I only do fi- have a child. And I'm only 53. So, so there you go. I, yeah, I just got really good genes because he's 125, which is crazy. Anyways, and I'm not drunk. This is my first beer. We've oh, actually yes, been you working are. on it. just like Vern. Um, absolutely. Me and Vern have been pounding beers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you don't like me, maybe you'll like me a little bit more that you know that I'm <laughs> your, his son. Uh, by the way, shout out in the chat room tonight. This is the part of the chat room where we say, uh, yeah. let us know where you're from, uh, where you're hanging out. Are we going to give the Dilly Dilly check-in or what? With who? You're not roll calling, are you? Not roll calling. Yeah, I was roll calling. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and aren't you going to talk to them about what what they said tonight? Aren't you going to bring Who? up some of them? The peeps. Which peeps? All the peeps? Well, oh, this part? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I'd like to tell them early because then we get the roll call in late. All right. 
And then we never know. What's All right, going let's on. hear from you. Where are you from? <clears throat> yeah, we'll get that in there. I got some comments before that. Let us know that. if you're, if you're get... new, too. Let us know. Yeah, if you're new. Uh, and welcome to all the new people, uh, and welcome all the folks from uh, different groups, uh, diehard Gators, uh, Gators Chompin', uh, We Bleed Orange and Blue, Gator Bite, uh, uh, Gator Nation, uh, Gator Nation National Daily News. Yeah, Gator Nation Daily News. Gator Nation Daily News. Why is that news? so hard for you to remember? I don't know. It's just hard for me in my head. Where did I work? Daily well, News. I'm always drunk because I'm hanging out yeah, with Vern Lundquist. Yeah, yeah, you and Vern. All right, so... Well, we said, uh, let's see, okay, uh, Lacquerate 7, okay, I remember Woodruff, uh, Joe McBrayer says the kid's wearing salmon-colored pants today. Yeah. I am wearing salmon-colored pants today. It's not salmon, it's purple. Plum, that's plum. Hey, you know it's what? plum. And I got new kicks to go with it. Well, the kicks are good, but that's plum, that's not salmon. You know what? I, I can rock it. So salmon is orange. And I live in Florida, so I can wear that stuff. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Urban was a... sign back here, by the way? What is oh, that? Yeah. Uh, I work with, uh, well, you know Jen from the office. I know her well. I love Jen. At uimpact.com. Jen, her daughter Maddie, who is a big fan of yours, Buddy Martin, made us a Dilly Dilly sign last night and brought it into the office. So, anyways, Maddie, Dilly Dilly to you. Love. She's a really charming 12-year-old girl. Some people hate it when we say that. Dilly Dilly. Yeah, well, then you can switch the station because we don't get paid. Um, Okay. Urban did what he had to do, uh, Jeff Bird. Urban did what he had to do for him and his family. Gator Nation can't fault a man for that. If Dan turns out to be the same thing, I get it. It just brings a couple more national championships. Uh, and, you know, I, yeah, okay, I agree. Uh, Ted Lund says, God, what knowledge you have. Mm. Yes, I agree. Uh, let's see, James Nix. Charlie Pell and Galen Hall were great coaches. They got the shaft by UF. I don't know that Galen was a great coach. He was a good coach. Charlie Pell would have been a great coach. Uh, interim coach was Gary Darnell after Galen Hall. Yes, he actually he was in, he finished up the season last four games that year, I believe it was. Yeah, is it in the book, Charles? It's in the book called The Boys from Old Florida. Which you, I don't I know have if it right here. It's got it's got fifty. Whoa, years. whoa, whoa! The oh. kingdom. Oh, Domino's, Domino's. So many books he's written. It's hard to hold it up all. Yeah, that's got fifty years of oral history in it, right? Hey, there. are you ever going to package and sell these books? I don't know. If they want them. One day. I got three iota people in there now. I got to get you. I apologize. I'm going to get them to you. Uh, Galen Hall came to Palatka and paid Jarvis William child support and got him out of jail. That's okay. bringing NCAA right. investigation. Number one, Galen Hall did not go to Palatka. Okay? It was not Galen Hall. It was a graduate assistant. And Steve Spurry will tell you to this day, he doesn't believe there was any money in that envelope, and he thinks it was a local car dealer that gave Jarvis the support money to get him through. Wow. It was not the school. And so that is not true. See, Galen Hall had nothing to do with that. Now it was on his watch. So correct that right there. Did you hear that, uh, Nolan Richard? That was for you. Trey Whidden, must champ, I would say, though it was more of a saving tree because uh, uh, N.T. Dooley retired when Will played at UGA. I don't know what that means. Okay, no. Oh, wait, uh, no, I understand now. You're okay, saying yeah, that it was retired. Really retired. Yeah, yeah okay. you might, might be right about that. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. Uh, David Soderquist, uh, I take Urban back if Mullen wasn't the coach. Me too. Uh, Jay Steubens, thanks for Florida History Rundown. Jay Estep, couldn't handle the pressure of facing Saban every year. Well, maybe. Yeah, no, Who knows? It's not, it's not true. It was right. a lot of pressure, but that wasn't the reason. Well, Chris Flett, any coaching updates from today? Oh, you got an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe people don't know. Well, go ahead. I don't know if I can remember it all. Come on. 
Come on. Well, you know the other day that, that more, Mississippi was hired by Moorhead. Um, I hired Moorhead from Penn State. Right. So that's not new. You know about Dan Mullen, of course. Uh, the guy from... It's uh, only like the biggest coaching day in college football history. Yeah, well, this didn't happen today. And then, of course, Old Miss has already set the interim. They promoted him already. Uh, now uh, you have... Uh, you still have Arkansas vacant. And you, and, and you still have... Uh, let's see. And Miles on can still go there. Tennessee struck out again. And they lost their Wait, wait, I thought director. Phil Fulmer was the head coach Right, of he's the athletic director. <laughs> uh, and so, and by the way, I, I don't think it's a terrible move. When you've gone that far down the line to get your coach and you keep striking out, and I think they would have gotten a, a good guy if they they'd hired uh, uh, the guy from Washington State. Uh, he, he's a heck of a coach. But anyway, yeah, anyway, so that was the latest. And then, let's see, what other changes did we have today? My brain's foggy now. Let's see. Well, you got, uh, did you talk about Jimbo? Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's gone. They have not announced any. I mentioned the four candidates for that. Uh, There's nothing new at uh, LSU, nothing new at Mississippi. I told you about Mississippi State. Yeah, that's about it I can think of today. All right. Um, Let's see. Nolan Richards says, take another drink. Okay, we will. Thanks. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. We'll take another drink, but Nolan was the one talking about Gayon Hall, so obviously he's disagreeing with mm-hmm. your opinion. So that's cool. Um, let's see. David Meshaki. So where are the coaches at today? Which gonna, coaches? I don't know. He didn't say. Morris Jenkins, his enthusiasm and dream of being HBC got us, for us, got, got. Me cause that alone can help him thrive. I don't know. All right. Anyway, we're going to head to. Uh, yeah, okay, anyway, that's more. Stuff. Uh, Charles Buchanan, we're in Gainesville, LSO on camera, uh, Orlando from Jennifer Lay, hi, in Orlando, Muddy Johnson is in Augusta, Georgia, Teddy Lund, uh, what do you think about uh, Todd Grantham as defensive coordinator? We went over this the other night, but... Uh, well, you know, just basically, who did I say? This is Muddy, uh, what, which one? Well, he, Muddy Johnson. Yeah, they said uh, Doug Grantham. I like him. I uh, think he was a good pick. He he he, uh, he did well this year. He didn't do quite as well in other places. Everyone's concerned about lack of big linebackers uh, on um, the roster and if he's going to be able to have that kind of. But we have enough linebackers in Gainesville. Uh, Ted from Cocoa Beach. Um, Gene Chance. Ted. Yeah, Gene Chance is wonderful. Right. Um, former teacher, professor at University of Florida. Uh, Coach Mellon to name the staff. That'll be interesting. That's from Jay yep. Stubbins. Christopher White, Tampa, Florida. Have a good name Ted viewer. Lund. Hey, Christopher, welcome, man. Welcome. Get your glass up and say dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Uh, Ted Lund, buddy, is uh, good as my hero mentor, Gene Chance. Ted from Cocoa Beach. I just Beach. mentioned them. Thank okay, you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You got Tampa from Christopher White checking in. Driving to Memphis, David. All right. Yeah. Be careful, David. Uh, safe drives, buddy. Joe Thompson, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Dilly dilly. Dilly Dilly. Joe McBrother, Dilly Dilly from Lakeland. Dilly Dilly, close up my there, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan Cunningham, Dilly Dilly in Tampa. Uh, Jim Harris, Orlando Dilly. Or, 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 Orlando Dilly. Dilly. <laughs> I love it, Jim. Yeah. Orlando Dilly. Tampa, Dilly Dilly. FSU. Uh, Jay Stubbins. James Weaver, which we love. James, I know you sent some messages. We Good were really, really busy. Yeah. Uh, I answered one of them. I know, I just, I, I've been busy with now. my day job, you're, you're so too big I'm now. sorry. Uh, FSU will hire Taggart because of recruiting, but the joke's on them because, uh, I can't read for the, Chris, uh, Chris, Cristobal will stay and coach Crystal Oregon. Ball. Crystal Ball, sorry. Uh, you want to comment on that? Well, I don't know. Okay. That, that It could be. Everybody talks about Taggart being a great fit, and James is an knowledgeable guy, um, but... Uh, 
We'll see. Like I said, he's unproven to me, and he looks like he could be a great coach, but so far, haven't seen it. Donald Wilder says, from Fernandina Beach. Hello, Donald. Dilly dilly to you. Gary Stout, St. Cloud, Florida. Say if you're new, by the way. Steve Flaffin, Sr. Steve, we're not mad at you, buddy. We love just, you. We're getting back at you, just kind of tweaking you. Palatka, you're good. good we're just tweaking you. I love that. Uh, Danny McKinney says, Glenville, Georgia, middle of the dog country. Life is good for your dogs these days up there. I know it's not didn't help you any. Stephen Mashey from Inglewood, watching all the way from the Middle East. Wow. 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 Are you? Steve. Yeah, Inglewood. The Middle East. I used to live in the, down in uh, that part of the country in Punta Gorda. You can probably read that. All the best to you up there in the Middle East. Uh, be careful out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, see, you gave me a cut off, you cut off from over there. Uh, Ken Sagini, I hope I got it right. Temple. Uh, Patrick McCray is up there in um, Mayo Country, Kerman Bell Country. Dilly Dilly to you. Sean Oliver, Tallahassee, go Gators. Rowdy over here in Tallahassee. Boy, I will say, Sean, I bet you it is rowdy. They're getting kind of nervous up there in Tallahassee. Nolan Richards says, Hail to the King and Prince. Nolan, we love you, buddy. Oh, yeah. There's no no reason to be old man. I love Chris you. Varney, Norwood, um, you're, Norwood you're, Massachusetts. You're the kingdom, bro. Dilly uh, dilly to you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. Chris Knight, is that what you just said? Uh, Chris no. Knight, New Orleans. No. Love the show. Go Gators. Uh, I love New Orleans. It's like my favorite place in the world. I really love New Orleans. It's one of the, I, I used to travel there all the time for work. Great, great, great city. Love New Orleans. Ken Sagini, Hernando, Mississippi. Hello, Ken. How you doing out there? Um, Norwood, Massachusetts, Chris Varney, Illinois. Chris says, I know where you get a free Christmas tree in Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It'll be Jimbo Fishers. Uh, Jennifer Lay says, what are your thoughts on Frost going to Nebraska? Rumor I heard in Orlando was the movers were spotted at his house. Well, uh, that seems to be the popular theme. Uh, I'm wondering now, because there was a, we had a little bit of a, te- a tease on Arizona State, because his wife's from there, from Arizona State. But I noticed that there's now noise about Arizona State looking for a coach. So apparently that's not going to be the case. Um, and uh, so, so we'll see. Uh, he's got to go there. I mean, heck, that's just that's where he went to school. They need him, so why wouldn't they? Uh, renewed my season tickets after Mullenhauer, Wake Forest, Georgia, and Eddie Heyman. Yeah, I mean, hey, we do a radio show up there too. By the way, uh, our our show is on Saturday mornings, I believe, on Wake Cross. Mark Youngblood wants to know: Will Mullen be tied up to the old Miss scandal? Dilly times two from Auburn, Florida. Why would he be involved with the old Miss scandal? He's went to his Mississippi State. I'm just reading, I'm reading no, the chat. Let me, let me explain to you. That, by the way, that question came up from Feinbaum. The only way he would ever be involved in that was that there's some substantial evidence that Dan did um, did, did, did turn him in for some stuff. Now, whether it was related to that, I don't know. But it would never be because he was cheating. If he was cheating, he'd have won more for more games. Um, uh, I'm going to uh, – David Soderquist, do you – and I'll address this because you already did, and I know for sure as well because – I've worked a couple broadcasts with him outside of that. Uh, did uh, Vern Lundquist drink during his games he was calling? And that is 100% no. Vern Lundquist is one of the nicest guys in the world. Only I drink during broadcasts. That's not a fair system. By the way, uh, one thing you want to do, uh, we don't mind chatting and, and talking and a little bit of light gossip, but on this site, on this, what we try to do is be truthful. We, we don't And positive. And positive, but truthful above all. Because, and let's kill some of these myths that we know to be false, okay? 
and it shouldn't be because you like her or don't like somebody. Things like that don't need to be out there. That's just internet trash talk, and we're not. The, that's not what we do here. Okay. Stay loyal uh, to the kingdom, everyone. Stay yeah, loyal uh, to the kingdom. Let's see. Uh, buddy, can you also defend Charlie Strong from John T. Kerr? We owe him a, a lot to his great defense. He was just as important as Mullins' offense. He protected the Swamp under many different coaches. I'm afraid FSU is smart enough to grab him, and can and he can recruit in Florida, John T. Kerr. Okay. That's right. That's fine. He's asking if you can defend his defense or not. No. You can't? No. No, no comment? I don't really want to. Um, Ooh, wow. Here, here's uh, Nolan Richards says, Nolan Richards, CEO of What's Going On in Palatka, Florida, USA. Yeah, so, someone said uh, that uh, in Nolan's defense, that's a big myth of Palatka about Jarvis. Uh, I don't know which part you're talking about. I'm just telling you what Spurrier told me. And uh, uh, I don't know. I wasn't there didn't see the envelope, but that's what Spurrier believes. Uh, Toby Permitter said, did France say Tim Brewster was going to be one of the new assistant coaches under Mullen? Uh, no, that's what he said. He believes that to be the case. Yes, tonight on the radio program, he said that. Let's skip down below that one. Next one, Craig Harris, one of our one of our friends up, the new friends in Mariana. So uh, good to hear from you. Uh, dilly dilly to you, Craig, as well. Uh, dilly th- dilly. Thank you for your positive input. Uh, let's see, uh, James Eisenhower uh, in the Gators capital, Gainesville, Florida. You got that right, Hogtown. Uh, Damian Jacobs, my first time watching. I'm a former Gator player. Nice show from Huma, Louisiana. Damian, dilly dilly, dilly, dilly job, buddy. <clears throat> Down in Terry Bradshaw territory. I'm not a dilly. Well, there you go. You got a drink of mine. Thank you, Damian. Tell your friends about it. Don't forget to share us and like us. Right. Like, follow, and share. I'd like to get to 4,000 likes. I don't know what the problem is these All days. Right. We're around 3,300. Seem to be hovering. Joey McBrayer is, a, is a very sharp listener and viewer. He said, did Herm Evers take the Arizona State job? And that's what I was talking about, is they actually were talking in Arizona State about hiring Herm Edwards, which I found peculiar. That's an odd hire. Herm's been out of the game a long time. He's a smart guy, but really, I mean, that's equivalent to to, to taking, the, well, Steve Spurrier back in coaching, or even the, to, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, Phil Fulmer. Oh, wait a minute, they did that. <laughs> um, let's see, Craig Hires, great show, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't, well, you know, Joe, you're saying that, but I don't, I heard read a piece today. Again, I'm just reading stuff. When I'm reporting on a story, I try to get the source. I don't know this. He says Herman Evers is supposed to take the Arizona state job. What I read was, is that he was out. He was, they were not going to pursue him, but then again, depends on who you read. All right. And I don't always get it right. Uh, Jason Estes. So it's good to see you both. Buddy, Brendan, thank you for doing what you do. Nothing more like a father and his boy. You're right, Jason. Nothing like a father's son. This is a joy for me. Uh, really great. Mark Youngblood, Meyer said he could never coach anywhere but UF. Lie. That's why he said that is absolutely false, Mark. Ooh. You want me to play some tapes? I got tons of them. He never said that. He may have said he had no plans to coach anywhere else but Florida. But how many coaches have said that and moved on? I mean, coaches move on. He, 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 you're, you're mistaken, Mark. You're mistaken on this. You can hate him all you want to. That's fine. Go right ahead. But he never said. Matter of fact, I have in my book, I asked him once to name his, three, his dream jobs if he wasn't coaching here, and he named them. Ohio State, Michigan, and Notre Dame. All right? So that's just not true. He never said that. If he did, you find a quote for me, all right? Um, let's see, skip that one because he's already got a joke that's not funny. Uh, 
Some may player may claim he was paid to come to Starbucks. Well, whatever, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kenny Hawthorne from Orlando, living in Tallahassee. Hey, you must be happy times, Kenny, up there right now. Can you coach? I might give you a job. Um, let's see. Ken, 100% class. I don't know if that's direct. Um, David says he wasn't trash talking. I was actually wondering. David, I'm confused. What were you wearing? You said, ha, ha. So I must have missed something there from you. I apologize if I did. Well, it, it, maybe they're referring to what I was wearing. I was doing a fashion show earlier. Is that what they were calling? Sometimes the chat and the delay doesn't translate. The t- sometimes we're where you all are actually about two minutes delay from what we are. So we get the chat in real time, and then you're hearing us in a delay. So sometimes it gets a little behind. So okay, sorry. well here's sorry what... about that. If we get offensive, if we're we get wrong. All right, Larry Allen says something on the internet. Someone said Mississippi oh. State paid the kid from Miss. Well, it must be true. Hey, if it was on the internet, it has to be true. Get your damn beer up. We have to say someone. Hey, dilly dilly. Well, hold on. Dilly dilly to Jennifer Jack's daughter of the hitman, Joe Williams, is watching us right now. Jennifer. Jennifer Jack's dilly dilly from. Uh, one of our good family friends. One of our longtime family Sister to Bert. Sister to Bert. And Charlotte. Daughter to Joe Charlotte Williams. And Charlotte. And Joe Williams, the hitman. He's on our show every Friday picking games. Hello to you, Jennifer. How's those babies doing? Uh, so, Chris is a good poster. Decubulus, I'll pronounce his name right. Hope Gator base basketball defeats FSU, buddy. That's one you ought to think about. Good point. Here's Patrick McCray. Kingdom 100%. 100%. Kingdom 100. They don't say percent anymore. The kids say Kingdom 100. Okay, well, I don't, I'm not with that. You're, I'm only 44. Yeah, I'm not here. I'm in. Um, John T. Kerr, Damon Jacobs, said hello. He's a former guy. Yeah, I, I just gave him a shout-out, John, a while ago. Uh, who's the latest candidate for the Tennessee job? <laughs> Phil Fulmer. Well, ask Phil. Phil Fulmer. I would, you know, Phil Fulmer. You know. Steve Spurrier. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, which, what time of day? I mean, it depends. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Uh, Richie Roberts says, breaking news, Tennessee has hired the water boy. Uh, yeah, I've seen right. a lot of memes on that. It's yes, this jokes about Clarabelle, the dog of Jim yes. McElwain, applying yes. for the job. Uh, um, Joey McBray, McBrayer, Frost to yeah. NEB isn't solid yet, right? What about your thoughts of FSU probably throwing a ton of money his way to keep him in the state? Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, David Jacobs did play in 2013. Thanks, David. Good to hear from you. Uh, well, Ken Atterby says, will any of the suspended players come back to play at Florida in 2018, I don't know. I would suspect there would be some of them perhaps vetted and possibly brought back. Mullen has said he's going to treat each case individually. So honestly, I could say possibly, but I don't know. Um, Let's see, who will be our starting quarterback in the fall? That one I'd like to know. He may not be on campus. Does it stress me out when I start thinking about the status of the team currently, of what he inherited with all Matty the Corral, players. And a pretty good player. Well, now five player, whatever it is now. It's a little stressful. How do you like my nickname for Matty Corral? Okay. Boy. He's a gunslinger. Okay, Corral. I Don't you get it? it? I got it. Let's explain it to you. Boy, that, did I, uh, I just didn't find it to be that great. Well, you're just not clever enough to understand well, that's that. That's probably um, what it is. Hey, Joe Fuller, dilly dilly, guys. Joe, dilly dilly to you. What was the guy? What was that guy last night? Uh, a Billy Martin assistant, Nolan Richard. Who was that guy last night? A Billy Martin assistant, Nolan Richard. Which guy? 
I don't know. We weren't on last Billy night. Billy Martin was a coach, was, was a manager of the Yankees. Nolan, you're the king of Palatka. I, I want to give you your props. I just don't understand you sometimes. All right. Uh, uh, Andy Heyman. Buddy, I've started watching you since the coaching search a week and a half ago. Read your, read your Spurrier, Urban, and Boys of Old Florida book. Love them all. Only thought you were a writer, not on, ra- not on radio also. Well, Andy, he is on radio. Buddy, when are you on the radio? 20 years, 30 years. I don't know. Oh, we win. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm on, we have a regular Buddy Martin show broadcast, not like this, where we just screw around all the time and drink beer. Uh, every every We're week allowed day. to drink beer because this is technically this is our home. Friday this night. Home. This is my home. And this is our night off. This is what we do for fun because no. we're losers. So uh, we just jump on and hope you guys watch us because we don't, we don't have it. We just sit around and talk about this stuff. We figured... I want to talk about it with you. All right, Jay Chastain. Welcome, Jay. Good to have you, Dilly Dilly. Dilly Just turned the program. Did I miss the urban discussion? What? Why did he really leave? The fellow official storyline. Watch the, the replay, story. and there'll be a I, I really, I was a long answer, yeah. and I'll be glad to share it with you another time, but not tonight. Basically, it's a myth that urban was this myth that urban jilted Florida and had a, some kind of mischievous, underhanded plan. Glad that's a plan to leave Florida in the lurches and go coach up his is total BS. All right. Trust me. I can document it. I know I was there. Just trust me on that. And we'll get back to you another time. That's a good segue for me because I wanted to know what the feedback from the kingdom was. Do you like the podcast? I, yeah. I, I mean, it's downloadable. They don't I'm know. Trying on iTunes. About. They don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, we have a podcast. I'm I got to find it myself. I'm trying to podcast this show and share it on the Buddy Martin I mean, show. Just the audio, right? Just the audio. Uh, it, uh, people who don't have, you know, want to use their data and all that stuff. I totally understand. Um, it, we're gonna. We have a podcast. We're podcasting all the shows. We're podcasting. We're podcasting all the interviews as well that Buddy does for the radio shows. Oftentimes, those are edited down. So he'll talk to Terry for thirty Terry Bradshaw for thirty minutes or Urban Meyer for thirty minutes, and you'll hear five six minutes of it. Now we're podcasting the entire interview as well as a lot of different kind of stuff. So it's all going to be on the page the, at the Buddy Martin Show. Check it out. Always you know check in. We're po- posting as much as possible, trying to stay interactive. It's just a, really about two or three of us that do it, and uh, we can't tend to it all the time. But anyway, that's that. Only have two and a half people, and the half is gone. Yeah. Um, Muddy Johnson, any news on a new strength and conditioning coach? No, only that we heard the name Nick Savage. I believe that's what Fran told us. That's what Fran said. Uh, Josh Ish, I'm sorry if I got it wrong. Watching from on it's hot in here. All right, watching from Houston, Florida. Dilly Dilly, go Gators. Josh Dilly Dilly to you. Steve Flatman, the child support thing is a big myth slash lie. You're going to have to explain more of that, Steve. And the reference, I think you might be from Gladkey. You may give me your version. I want to give you the version I've heard, okay? Uh, David Baldoff says the spring game is free. I don't know why that's relevant right now, but good to know. Well, because uh, he was talking about prior – somebody mentioned, I'm going to buy tickets to the spring oh, game. Oh, okay. No. Soda Chris, I think, said he's going to buy tickets. But it, it is free. And Mullen said that it will probably be open to the public in his press conference, well, at least some of it. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's understanding uh, how that works at Gator Nation. Okay. So that's good. We don't know everything. Uh, jo- Josh Ish, great show, Brendan and Buddy. Thanks for what y'all do. Dilly Dilly, great to be a Gator. Where's my class? Oh, it's over here. Great to be a Gator. Dilly Dilly to you, sir. Cut him off. Steve um, Flanahan. Uh, any high school scores? I don't know, bro. Uh, I uh, check the here. internet, man. Uh, Muddy Johnson. I heard they're going to get Brady Hoke for a one-year deal. No. No. Uh, Lynn Tindall, can you spell UT without a coach? That's funny. 
Nolan Richard, Tennessee choice, reactive butch, uh, reactive butch, uh, they are saying. What? Reactivate, sorry. Reactivate. Butch, they are yeah. saying. Here's I, an my O'Callaghan. chat goes so fast, it scrolls up, and I don't see it, and I don't lose it. Here's an Ocala, Toby Permanent, Ocala, Florida, Lily. Here's to you, Toby. Dilly. Long live Ocala. Um, let's see, Joe Fulford, I'm not sure he said. Yeah, I think I did. Dilly Dilly from Smithville, Mississippi, 30 miles south of Tupelo. Go Getters. Wow, I think I know, actually know where that is. One person wants to know if that's the Emmy behind us right there. Oh, yes, it is an Emmy. It's an Emmy that Buddy won for his time on the NFL Today with uh, Terry Bradshaw. That's Emmy Lou. There you go. Real deal. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, I'm not sure who he's talking about. Billy Martin, as you point out. You've read some of these already. Yeah, I've gone through. So, uh, anyway, we can read a couple of these. I'll, I'll look at the bottom. Why don't you just do a quick, what we kind of talked about tonight. Tell them that we can watch it in the, you know, the replay's coming up here shortly if you missed anything. Okay. Uh, Scott Lovell is watching. Scott, what's up, Scott? What's up, Scott? Level party time. Uh, rentals, one of the best in the business and anywhere you long time been. Gator and fan, long time yeah. Gator fan. Check out party time. Honored that you're watching tonight, Scott. Honored that you're on. It's kind of late for you hey, right now. Dilly dilly. Yeah. Scott Level. Yeah. There you go. Here's my people up in the Ponte Vedra where I used to live. Checking in, Mark Bridges. The swamp will be great again. Dilly dilly. Love you guys. Thanks, Mark. We love Ponte Vedra too, by the way. You learned to play golf pretty much up there. I did. Uh, buddy, do you think we have a chance to flip fields? That might be the 14th time I've been asking that question. And, yeah, what was the old Jim Curry line? There's always a chance, right? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. I said it wrong. Please correct me. I know you He, he actually, I, I, you know, I love, by the way, I haven't turned, if you haven't seen Josh Prey, <laughs> a comedian, <laughs> he dresses that issue. It's on our site. Uh, he does a nice little rap on that. Talking about how much he loves about when you got one uh, great quarterback going after a second one and a third one and a fourth one, bragging about it, uh, uh, Dan Mullen. And we also got Scotty Mag- uh, Scooter McGrady, Scooter Magruder, is that his name? Yeah, but we, he didn't respond. Not Scooter Magruder. Scooter Magruder or whatever. He's a, he's a MMA guy. He's the guy that does all those really funny. Anyway. Anyway. But you put a message into him. Um. Uh, by the way, we should probably go watch the end of the game, so we should wrap this up. USC 24, Stanford 21, right. end of three. Uh, mini, uh, Nolan Richard, mini buddy, take another drink for me. Mini buddy. Oh, Nolan. Oh, He's working Nolan. Hard. You're working on really hard to be that super cool guy, and you're just super failing. It's pretty good, though. Uh, he's pretty good. But good I'm going to take a drink for you, Nolan. All right, Chad really is like saying, you. do you think about Wyatt Rexford, a quarterback from Leesburg? I do not. Uh, Joey McBrayer oh. says, make the swamp great again. Hail to the kingdom. Dilly dilly. Okay, here, hey, dilly dilly. Chandler, UT, don't have a coach. Maybe Ross or Joey can fill in. Monica approved this message. Okay. All right. Uh, one more. Two one more. more. One or two more, um, and then let's wrap it up. Here's so a good one. Go Nolan game. says, I like the Martin Royal family better than Brady Ackerman. Whoa, hey. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. We like Brady, by the way, too. We do like Thank Brady. Uh, Steve Flappin says, love the podcast, Brendan. Thank you. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, we're, I'm, we're back in the good graces now again. Okay. Okay. We're That's good. It. Okay. I got the crown. Um, I love the podcast on lighter note. Dilly dilly. Morris Jenkins. Thank you. Uh Let's see. Great job, buddy and Brendan. Dilly Dilly. Sorry for the jokes on breaking news. Post, Richie Richard. Love the podcast. What is a podcast? James Nix. 
James, um, we take the audio from this mess of a show and we uh, uh, put it on SoundCloud so you can download it to your device and take it with you if you listen to podcasts on your phone or you can just listen to the audio and it doesn't stream or doesn't use as much data on your phone uh, as a video does. So it uses about a, maybe a tenth of it. So um, just trying to help those who have data plans and want to continue to watch the show. All right, I'm going to hit it real quick. Uh, Mark Youngblood wants to say, we should really supposed to forgive the th- throat slash by Grantham for cussing our kicker. That was, expl- uh, well, that was explained in depth the other night. I won't get into it tonight. It was more than that. It wasn't a slash. It was a choke signal. It's a difference in the two. But nonetheless, uh, I don't want to get in that tonight. It takes too long. Uh, Grisper wants to know how many Gators are leaving. You've heard Tavian Bryant was going. Yeah, he's coming out. He's a heck of a defensive lineman. He's going to be a first or second round draft choice. Uh, Buddy Johnson, what do you think about the commissioner moving media days to Atlanta next year? I told you that. Remember that was going to happen? It happened today. It Again, did? Yes, it did. Well, that's closer for us. A little bit. We got plan. Ah. We got plans too. So well, we're gonna go, right? We'll see. We got some things. Five to do. hours. What do we have plans? What do we do? No, we got to shoot something. Remember? Oh, we have that secret documentary. Yeah. yeah. Secret uh, documentary. Let's see. Uh, I'd love to hope to see Coach Mullen retire someday. If we get. I think you're right. I think we'd all like to see Mullen retire here. Uh, Flip Fields. There's another one. There's a score. Brendan Martin. Let's get Thursdays going. Lynn Tindall. Oh, uh, sorry. You know, last night we were wiped out, so we not drink wise. We were what? wiped out. We just wiped out tired. Yeah, we've. I haven't had. We haven't had a day off in four, like four, three and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. We Jennifer Lay. Night off. Jennifer Lay says he loves Scooter. We're gonna see. We see. If we can get him on. Um, also, uh, great looking Josh logo from Joey McBrayer. Yes, thanks to our friend Jen Boys. You, put, on, uh, put on the crowns, Josh. Says, Might as well hand me mine. All right, here. We'll finish it off with the crowns. Oh, boy. Here. here Send in the crowns. All right. Send, Send in, in the, the crowns. crowns. Isn't um, it grand? Take your off the lamp before it catches on fire. Hi, Steve Young. How are you tonight? How are you? Uh, Ken, we hate Auburn. Less than Georgia, so Auburn wins. Probably, but I'm going to pick. You heard David Moulton earlier. We're gonna, I'm picking Georgia. Uh, Why is everyone picking Georgia? Because it's, in, cause it's so not, much not, closer not, to Georgia? Not, every, not everybody's picking them. It's, it you, was, Tom Schmitz, half the chat room. Yeah, I say Auburn wins. Uh, Joe Fulford, hope you guys do this once a week. At least, Joe, Joe, we've been doing it once a night for the last three weeks. Joe, where you been, buddy? Yeah. All right, history. we're going to say good night to you. You can check out if you want to now. Just check in, check out, say where you're from. Uh, you know, we'll get, say good night, whatever. Stay loyal to the kingdom. Stay loyal to the kingdom. Because... Uh, the kingdom is not us. You are the kingdom. We have a lot of news going on here. Things happening in the near future. We just can't keep up right now, but we're going to be talking to you about all that. Uh, the, we talked about the podcast. We work on the T-shirts. We're talking about having some kind of social down the road someplace. We have other ways for you to get to reach us. Lots of things we're doing right now, and we're excited about it. We wouldn't be doing this if we weren't excited about it. Yeah, we so. are having – and, and as much – crap as we give each other or whatever but you know honestly thanks thank you for all the people even the ones i made fun of or not uh thank you very much because nothing's better than hanging out with my dad having a beer or a glass of wine talking y'all about gator sports it's really really really, truly an honor for me so thank you for making it possible and the more you tune in the more you share the more potentially we might be able to to pay for this mess and, and and actually do it all the time Thanks, everybody, especially Israel out there in Breckenridge, Colorado tonight. So Who is? Right here. Who's the person? 
Israel. Israel? Israel Santiago Montero. I don't know you. Well, he's still, you'll know everybody in Colorado. Colorado. Okay. All right. Uh, let you hang here for a minute. We won't cut. We'll cut off the audio. And if you guys want to chat, go ahead and check out. Give uh, us your. You sound off from where you're from. Yep. And by the way, know. give us tell us your likes and don't. You can some point. We'll get an email address. They can go read. Any music? Um, any music requests? Really? Not Rocky Top, please. No Rocky Top. No, not tonight. All right. Uh, we're going to give you, we want to hear from you. We want to get your thoughts, your suggestions, your ideas. Uh, I like this. Ken says, relentless effort, Martin Bowie. Relentless like, effort. I like, I like that. That should be one of our slogans. <laughs> That's hashtags. great. Like that. Way to go, idea. Ken. Good idea. Good idea. Like that. Love that whenever Mullen said it. Relentless effort. I love that about him. Uh, so, all right. So, thanks, everybody, from Knoxville to Green Cove to Melbourne. Um, Alex Perez, good to hear from you tonight. Yeah, Joey says, no, Marro, Rocky Dot, please. Jacksonville, et cetera, et cetera. I got to go watch that game. All right. Night, everybody. Night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, yep. to, hey. thanks to David Moulton. He did a nice job. And folks. thanks to David Moulton. Thanks to Maddie, uh, Jen Boys. Hey, thanks to the kingdom. Uh, let's keep this thing going. Dilly dilly. Cheers. Dilly dilly. Night, everybody. <laughs>